Okay, welcome to Sports with a Cuppa. Cheers. Alright, to quote one of my favorite shows later, Kenny, the Cowboys hired a new coach the other day. They hired Mike Zimmer to be the new defensive coordinator, a posting which he held over 20 years ago and actually did a really nice job uh, to turn that defense in the early 2000s into a, I believe it was a number one defense at one point in 03. So he's taken on a role and he has done it before. So it's a nice pickup. Especially since everyone from the Ravens got pillaged already. But, I mean, if you look at his coaching resume, everywhere Mike Zimmer has been, with the exception of Atlanta for one year, he has turned that defense into a top three defense, if not even a number one defense. Dallas, Cincinnati, and Minnesota. So, this dude knows defense. And all you're hoping for is he comes with just a different edge, different schemes, creativeness that can just keep that defense at the top and allow the offense to be able to make mistakes. Because the offense is another story that we'll get answers to next season. But as far as the defensive unit goes... I mean, you really couldn't go wrong with a Mike Zimmer. No-nonsense guy. He's going to come in. He's going to kick ass. But he's always been loved by his players. From the outside looking in, he seems like he's always been loved by his players. So that's cool. I mean, Ron Rivera would have been would have been a cool pickup. Uh, when I saw the Rex Ryan interview headline, I laughed. Um, I think he's... I don't think he's capable of coaching anymore i think he's he's become much more of a personality than he already was he's great on tv probably just needs to stay there if they had hired him to me that would have been about the show and the spectacle more than the on-field stuff more than creating a better on-field product so mike zimmer was definitely a good choice and they've been blocking teams from uh, interviewing Al Harris. That was a solid choice. So good on the Cowboys for those two decisions. We'll see what they do in the draft, but we'll get into that as we get closer. Let's move on to the NBA. One of my favorite days has come and gone. Trade deadline day. Flurry of activity, but it was a little underwhelming with no one like DeJounte Murray getting moved or anything. And, I mean, the OG and Pascal trades happened weeks ago, so that took a little flair from the day. But, yeah, uh, some some nice pickups. You know, OKC with Gordon Hayward, see what that does for them, picking up a veteran like that. Not that he's really been through the playoff battles like other veterans, but... A veteran nonetheless. Dallas with their nice pickups of PJ Wash. Daniel Gafford was a really nice pickup. And I really hate complimenting the Mavericks, but you gotta give Kyrie and Luca those pick and roll lob options. 
And that's exactly what Lively has done, and that's exactly what Gafford's going to do. And Gafford also plays outstanding defense. Very, very underrated player. Hate that he's a Maverick now. Whether or not that pushes them up the standings significantly, that remains to be seen. There's not... I think they could get up to 6th. I don't think they'll be able to overtake Phoenix, who picked up Royce O'Neal, which is a nice pickup. You know, they need those defensive-minded guys to counterbalance uh, their offensive trio. But Dallas still just feels like a middle-of-the-pack team. Despite having Luka and Kyrie, they still feel like a middle-of-the-pack team. But you never know. You never know. You know the right additions can always spark something. So you never know. Buddy Heald going to Philly. You know what's funny is, for the last several years, Buddy Heald has been a constant in trade rumors. Just, just constantly. It's always been with the Lakers, but it's just been constant. And you always wonder why didn't the deal get done? Why didn't the deal get done? Is it contracts? Is it package not good enough going back? And then they trade healed and it felt like they got him for nothing. So I was like, wow, that, that's it? All these years and that's it? That's the deal? I can't remember what the deal was for. But that's a nice shooting option. Once Embiid comes back, he's going to draw all the attention. So to have a knockdown shooter like that is going to be big. The question is when they get him beat back. You know, right now they're they're falling down those standings, you know, fairly quickly. And the longer you go, the more real the plan becomes. Because I mean, as of right now, they're nine and a half games out of first, but no one's catching Boston anyway. But you want to stay out of the play-in, and you want to pick up home court at least for one round. So that's it's still going to be tough sledding for them. New York, hell of a day. Hell of a day. Good day. I mean, anytime you add a guy that's shooting 41% from three and averaging 20 points a game, that's a good day. And you didn't have to give up a whole hell of a lot. Then they added Burks. I mean, I, they people have said it. the relationship New York and Detroit have right now, similar to like Spurs and Raptors, maybe even more so. They just don't mind working with each other, which is cool to see. Honestly, it's actually pretty cool to see. But now it's the Knicks. Can they make that push? They're seven games out first, so like I said, they're not catching Boston. No one's catching Boston. But they're two games behind Cleveland for second. And to have that home court advantage for two rounds, especially if you rump against Cleveland, you'd rather be at home. Is it enough to propel them? I mean, we'll see. They're nice pickups. OG's going to miss some time. He had some, I think, bone fragments marooned or something. Um, So they're going to be without him for a little bit. But overall, with the way Brunson's playing, 
you got Randall. At some point, you get Mitchell Robinson back. You got my guy Jericho Sims playing well. I, they could legitimately make a push for two, but Cleveland is just red hot right now. But as hot as they are, you're about to hit the all-star break. And sometimes teams come out of that break lethargic. And it takes them a few games to get back rolling. Yeah, you got comfortable being able to hang out, chill, and party. Then it's all of a sudden you got to find that intensity again. Or maybe you start looking, you start thinking, oh, well, it's only, you know, a, you know 30, 25, 30 game push. You're thinking playoffs instead of thinking about who you're playing that night. So Cleveland's got to show some maturity coming out of the All-Star break. But they, they're, I would have liked to have seen them make a move, but they're pretty solid. I mean, if they're healthy, I mean, you got Garland, you got Mitchell, Okoro, Mobley, Allen. You got a knockdown shooter in Sam Merrill, Max Struess. I mean, they've got, basically, they have all the pieces. It's just going to be, can they stay healthy? And are all those pieces good enough to supplant Boston and if Boston's healthy they, they just look like a different team they look so locked in this year uh, I know people want to talk down about that Lakers loss it's a one-off and it happens to every good team it happens you just run up against a squad that you just couldn't get the intensity up for you couldn't get that killer instinct going for and they just edge you out they or they even smoke you who knows it happens to every team. So I don't dwell on that. But yeah, that battle for second place is going to be nice in the East. See if Milwaukee can get it get it going. See if Doc can get those guys going. They didn't do anything to improve that team. So it's going to be on Dame and Giannis to really carry the load. Then find that next level. And that's the thing with Dame. As much as I love Dame, and he's a star, but for this Milwaukee team to win, he's going to have to find that superstar level. I think he can, but he hasn't, he has to do it. We know he can come up big in the playoffs, hit clutch shots, send teams home. But he's never made that finals run. He doesn't have to carry this team to the finals. But he's got to play. He's just got to find that next level. I don't want to say play out of his mind. But he's got to find that next level. So we'll see. My Spurs did make a move. Uh, Pretty much the kind of move I was expecting. They'll move a veteran for draft compensation they got Morris but they'll buy him out here in the next couple days the sooner the better so now now we have a roster spot yay a couple of interesting options everyone immediately immediately jumped on the Killian Hayes wagon I, I get it Playmaking's an issue. Floor generalship is an issue. Getting Wimby the ball is an issue. Um, so I, I understand why people 
want to try out Killian Hayes for the rest of the season. I mean, look, good size, 6'5", has always averaged around a steal, steal and a half. And they want, the people get excited about the French connection. Uh, this dude was born in Florida. Okay, he is, his dad's American. His mom is French. And he grew up in France. But technically he's American. And people need to relax with trying to bring in all the French players. I mean, there's some a lot of talented ones. There's some great ones coming up in the draft. But early before, like before the season even started, everyone wanted us to pick up Evan Fournier. Like, relax a little bit on the French connections. Okay, just we still gotta bring in the right guys, the right fits. They may not be interested in Killian Hayes. I don't know if I've seen an actual leaked report of Spurs being interested in Killian Hayes. Everybody's just pushing for it because of the issues we have getting Wimby the ball. Completely fair. But I'm looking at James Booknight because one of the biggest issues this team has, we need someone that can get some buckets. And Devin... He starts games out kind of slow, but he does pick it up. I mean, he had a great third quarter the other night. What was it, like 9 for 9 for like 23 points? This dude can ball, but we need other guys that can ball too. Because at some point, he's got to sit down. At some point, Wimby's got to sit down. And I look at Book Knight. Book Knight in college was an absolute beast of a baller. Charlotte, I, I don't know if there's just issues with development there. I mean, you want to say, oh, well, LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball came in as a baller. So let's not act like Charlotte had to put in a bunch of work for him to become great. But like, And Kai Jones like lost his mind, so I don't blame Charlotte for that. But Book Knight hasn't really gotten much of an opportunity. I mean, he got about 15 minutes a game last year. But they also didn't have LaMelo Ball for a lot of that time. And in the G League, he's put up good he put up good numbers. He had like but last year it was what, about 17 points on 40% shooting from three. So I, I kinda wanna take a shot at someone that can ball, that can really get points, can shoot. Killian Hayes might be a nice piece. He could potentially be a really nice floor general. But he doesn't shoot the ball well. So, and at best, his per 36 numbers a couple years ago were like 13 and 7. So, I mean, not bad, but Trey Jones is already doing that. And Trey Jones is not the only guy that has issues getting women to the ball. So, it's, it, that's a team-wide issue. That's not just a singular floor general issue. But if we could add another guy that can come into the game and just flat out score, that would be nice because other guys have issues doing that. Blake Wesley's not offensively proficient. Malachi can be streaky. You know, Jeremy, his, his offense is streaky. So it would be nice to take a chance on someone that can ball like that. <clears throat> As of right now, I don't believe he's been picked up by anybody or cleared waivers and picked up by anybody I mean uh, we still haven't even bought out Morris as of yet so that move still has to happen before anything else can happen 
The other option that people are talking about converting Barlow's contract, I mean, they could. And plus, I don't think the Spurs are done with the buying out process. Uh, I would assume at some point Devontae Graham gets bought out to look for an opportunity to get minutes. So there could end up being another roster spot available. They're still sitting on that dis- the disabled players exemption, but uh, because of the rules on how to use that, they may not end up using it at all. But they could end up with another roster spot available. I have said on Bleach Report, like, hey, just buy out Graham and go get both these guys and take a flyer. And that's what a team building should do. We should maintain a roster spot to give guys a look. There's so much talent in the G League. There's young guys that are constantly getting waived. We should take flyers on guys and see if we hit. Because if we do, I'm not going to do the Good Morning Vietnam stuff. But if we do, that's massive because it's a cheap hit. You know, we don't have to go and spend hundreds of millions in free agency to get a good player. We can do it the right way, the more sustainable way. Kind of like what Miami's doing, basically. But we'll see what happens in the coming weeks with buyouts and signings. Finish this quick episode off with thoughts on the Super Bowl. My main thought is lame. Um, not excited about the matchup. I mean, kudos to San Francisco for kind of exercising their demons of last year and making it. And then, you know, the Chiefs are this era's Patriots. They're just there. They're always there. It's getting kind of boring. I don't care about the Taylor Swift angle. I just... I just don't care about this Super Bowl. I'm not even gonna I'm not gonna watch this Super Bowl. I'm not interested. I mean maybe I'll be able to play some video games and have the game on if there's nothing else on. You know, they got that cat Super Bowl, the little kitten Super Bowl on Animal Planet. Maybe I'll watch that. Cause I just don't care. If Detroit had made it, there would have been a story there. There would have been something interesting there. If Baltimore had made it, I've been a Baltimore fan from a distance since they since the early 2000s and Ray Lewis and Ed Reed in them. So, but I don't have those stories or teams, so it is what it is. If I had to pick, I'm... Logic says Kansas City's going to do it because they just do it. But if I wanted a team to win, I would want San Francisco just to have something different. They're hungry. They're stacked. And he would definitely secure a massive payday for Brock Purdy. <laughs> the dude deserves a little bit more than $800,000 a year. But other than that, I don't really care. But that'll do it for this episode. Appreciate you listening. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, all that. 